Amen. What heaven is going to be like. Hallelujah. Without him, you cannot. But without you, he will not. And when we travel across a bridge, it typically, it typically means that two bodies of land have been separated by a challenge. And the bridge is designed to take you from where you are to where you are trying to go. And the bridge that God has constructed for you to move from the natural to the supernatural is the bridge called faith. Unbelief will keep you stuck where you are. Unbelief, it's so powerful. It'll stop God's work in your life. And he says, I believe, but God, help my unbelief. He says, I believe, but I'm shaky. Will you give me what I lack so I can go deep enough to believe? So even if your faith is weak, you have a faith helper. You've got a faith helper. So get ready for your miracles. As long as you can cross the bridge. If you will, please turn in your Bible to John chapter 11. I want to talk to you today. And I want to challenge you with today. Is to stop blocking your miracles. I'd like to suggest to us today. Based on the word of God. That a lot of us haven't seen God come through. Because we're holding God up. We're delaying or denying his supernatural presence into our situation and into our circumstances. Let me explain what I mean by something that's supernatural. God has natural laws that are given and governed by the word and by the world. Those are the natural laws. And the world works by natural, predictable laws. But when I talk this morning about something supernatural, I'm talking about where God trumps his own laws. It is where God overrules himself. He has set the laws in place, but a miracle is when God overrules a law he has set in place in order to accomplish something that he wants to do. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you entered the realm of the supernatural, which means that you have access to that which operates outside of the natural. But the problem with that is that we're so tied to the natural, we often miss, resist, or deny the supernatural. The problem is that we're so tied to the natural, we often miss, resist, or deny the supernatural. 
And this morning, our story is very familiar, and it comes from John, or St. John, chapter 11. Many of you know this story, and it is the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. As I'm going through the New Testament, I was reading this past week in John chapter 11 in my Bible study. But this morning and today, I want to take you on a little deep, deeper journey into this story. Now, to summarize, the whole chapter is about this one story. And to summarize, Martha and Mary have called on Jesus to heal their brother Lazarus. What's going on with him? He's sick. And Jesus has said his sickness is not unto death. So Jesus delays going to help their sick brother get better. And during the interim, Jesus delay. And when he's waiting, we know the story. Lazarus dies. Jesus shows up too late. And Lazarus dies after saying he wasn't going to die after they had called on him. I want you to look to the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, around you. Say, move that stone. stone. Now say this. Lazarus. Thank you. Come forth. forth. Here's what it says. Are you in John 11, verse 1? Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Don't you love that? Don't you love that relationship that that she knew that they had such a great friendship? She said, listen, I know who to come to. I know that you're the Messiah, but the one that you love is sick. So when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not in the death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Amen? So we talked last week about glory. So if you want in your Bible, there in verse 4, take those words glory and glorified and just circle them. All right? Because we are, or highlighted in your uh, electronic device, but we're looking at the glory of God. So right then, Jesus started giving who the glory? In advance. That's what I think is amazing before it even happened. What did we do this morning? We said the victory is yours and we gave him the glory in advance. That's exciting. I don't know. I just feel, Lordly, if you are dealing with a sickness, today's your day of healing. And you need to give it to God. Quit holding on to it. It doesn't give you power. It cripples you. It's penalizing you. And it's putting you in prison. You can't run in victory and you can't be all you need to be and he can't get the glory if we're giving power to the infirmity and the thorn in the flesh and the affliction of our soul and of our flesh. We need to walk in victory and we need to run away from it. And in verse 5 it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And we keep moving. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? 
Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? And if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus, you numbskull, he's dead. Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Now you may believe, nevertheless, let us go to him. What a statement of faith right there. What a statement is he said, listen, let's just see. Don't you get it? He's dead. But even though they're waiting, they're starting to watch. They say, listen, Lord, help me believe my unbelief. So faith is starting to unfold right here. We're seeing it in the story. So he says in verse 16, then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. The time of grieving in the Bible a lot of times, and I won't go back to this, but it's three days. Interesting, isn't it? You know, so God uses numbers, three, seven, he uses all these numbers. So sometimes when we think God needs to show up today, right here, right now, I think there's a waiting time. There's a grieving time. Maybe he's trying to tell us, listen, I want you to take this time because I already spoke to my father. I want you to take this time to see what I'm doing. I'm working something in and through you. It's in those days that I believe that God does things. I'll tell people uh, when I'm with them and, and their loved ones passing, and uh, I will say to them, please watch for the glory of the Lord. Watch for signs of the Lord. Watch for the sweet, sweet spirit that comes through death for his children and those that believe. But yet, in this story, we're looking at four days. And so now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. That was verse 18. Now we're going right into 19. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mm Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Can I just say that? What is up in your crawl, Martha? What are you thinking? You're talking to Jesus. And she's holding him accountable? Yeah. Isn't it amazing how in our panic we lose our faith? We lose our sight. What we need to see in this story is that, you know what? God, I need to call on you. I need to cry out to you. I need to get on my knees and I need to pray harder than I've ever prayed before. Maybe he puts us in some situations where we need to cry out to him and understand true the glory of the Father. So she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection At the last day, 
Jesus said to her, no, you don't get it. Listen to me. I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Come on, yeah. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary and her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. It's, it's these stories that exhaust me. Why does it exhaust me? Because they called him teacher. It reminds me a little bit of our humanistic intentions and personality. We've seen what he's done. And yet we limit him. We put limitations on God. We don't have to. One day of favor, favor means grace, one day of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. You can labor your whole lifetime and it not put you where one day of favor can place you. God's grace is all sufficient. And yet, we lack in understanding that He is truly the Messiah. You know what I find interesting too? With the way our world is, I've been having some conversations. Jeff and I had a long conversation the other day on the phone and uh, what is going on in America, church? You know, we as, I know, Lord, this wasn't in a message, but I think I need to say it. I'm listening. We as Christians are allowing liberalism to come in and infiltrate our homes, and we are turning a blind eye to it. And I'll tell you why this is happening. It's because we are so proud that we won't get on our knees and cry out to God and say, God, come forth, rise me up, raise me up to be more than I am capable of being. It's called surrender. It's called letting go and letting God. So here's the sister. She says in verse 29, because as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the, to the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out and followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Therefore... When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. One of my favorite verses. Took me a while to memorize it when I was a kid. Longest verse of all the Bible, John eleven thirty-five. Let's say it together. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? Wow, he demonstrated his love outwardly. Does it ever break your heart when you go to a funeral and you see somebody laying there 
and you know that you're paying respects because maybe you work with a coworker and you're there to pay respects to her father or her mother or her sibling or whatever. And we grieve much by how we love much. And so I believe that right here in this narrative, in this story, that Jesus knew the heart of Martha and Mary because they were weeping. His heart broke. Listen, I'm up here, and as soon as I start to watch loved ones weep as they're reading eulogies or even the obituary of their loved one, sometimes I have to get my composure together. I'm broken because you weep because you love that person and you know what loss does to people. People that are important, people that are significant, people that mean something to us because we love them so deeply. Even with pets, people will say to me, you know, uh, have you ever noticed that, I mean, they're so attached to their dog or their cat or whatever it might be. I said, but you know what? That's a choice. It's who you choose to love. And that pain is different for every person. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was demonstrating his love here when he said he wept. So he was demonstrating understanding with them. Yes, not only was my friend, but I really believe, because we don't really hear much about Lazarus, right? But we know a lot about Martha and Mary and how they followed him. Because they got to know him. They hung out with him. They were eating, you know, Big Mac, filet of fish quarter pound of French fries, icy coke, a thick shake, sunny, and an apple pie. They were hanging out at McDonald's and Burger King, and they were all doing life together because they fell in love with one another. That's what life's about, right? And so we started to see that dynamic build here because they loved one another. So now we're in verse 37. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Duh. <laughs> Jesus wasn't intimidated with her. He already knew. He already knew what was going on because he's Jesus. Because he is son of man, son of God, sits at the right hand for you guys, sits at the right hand of the father. He is part of the Trinity, the triune God, the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. So we see Jesus is there and he knows what's going on. And again, we have this dialogue. So in verse 40, it says, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Now, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Wow. 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 So, someone made the comment to me, Pastor, do you put a deposit down on that swing set? I said, yep. Yep. <laughs> and it was sitting last night as I was 
studying this message, and I thought to myself, hmm, do you believe, Todd? Do you believe that I can take care of this? Yep. Lord, when I start to feel like I don't believe, help my unbelief. And I know that some of us feel that way. And Last week, an individual walked up to us and said, if I give you $6,000 towards the swing set, yeah, keep on talking. Because our little people will keep on walking to the place set. I'd like to donate that money towards it. Amen. In my natural, it's very easy for me to say, God, you're not capable of doing this. Because I love, I love the control that we have I love the sorrow that it provides. I love the attention and, and the manifestation of the fleshly things of our, our, our life. And so we always sit around thinking that God isn't big enough to take care of the smaller issues, yet even the bigger issues of our life. And yet I stand up here and I preach this message. And every time I think of this, I think, wow, God, how you really move to, to, to challenge me within my own belief in you. Why do I even hesitate or question, okay, Martha and Mary? Maybe I should have put my name up there. Okay, Todd. So go back to verse 39. So here it reads, Jesus said, Take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead four days. Take away the stone. Then he goes right into verse 40. Jesus said there, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? Reminder. Why is this like the old days when the records would just skip and skip? And we'd hear that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. That if you would believe you would see the glory of God. And then all of a sudden it, it would change speed. If you would believe you'd see the glory of God. That if you would believe you'd see the glory of God. If you would believe. Maybe we need to have that in the middle of the night. Maybe we will see the glory of God. What was that, speed number 72 or 96 or something? I don't know what it was, but I think that was God really getting our attention. By the way, here's a little side note. Do you guys know that Alvin, Simon, and Theodore are really on high speed on the record player? How many of you knew that? Okay, good. You're all smarter than I thought. You're smarter than a fifth grader. All right. I just thought that was interesting, so I thought I'd put that in there. But, so he's saying to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Because we are so distracted. And I think this has been a topic of conversation this week. We're so distracted by material things, by the iPhone, the iPad, the Samsung, the Android, the computer, the, all the things that distract us. From having that intimate, deep relationship. Just when 
I think I'm, I mean, this is why I get up early in the morning. I've, I've got to get up. I've got to get to my prayer closet. I've got to pray. I've got to get in the Word so I have my devotions, and my devotions challenge me. And then after I'm done with that, I go right into my Bible study. I start reading the Bible because let me tell you, once 8 o'clock hits, who knows what's going to happen. I think by 1 o'clock the other day, I had 40-some phone calls. You can get distracted really easy. So what is that distraction in our life? This distraction is the stone or the boulder or the rock that hinder us from walking out of that grave. I think there's a song about that, isn't there, church? What a glorious day. So, I, so looking at the glory of God, we give him the praise and the glory because you're here today to seek the face of Christ. You're here today to experience an intimate relationship with him. Martha and Mary said that they wanted to have a personal relationship with him, yet they failed to believe that he was capable of moving the obstacle that was in the way. So he says, then they, in verse 41, circle it, write it down in your your book, in big letters, they. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. And let's say together as a church, Lazarus, come forth. And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him. Him go. And this is the gospel. This is the banner. This is the advertisement. This is the cool stuff that only Jesus can do. And it says, and in the next verse, it says, and he who had came out. Okay, verse 45. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. So the things that they saw Jesus do they believed in him wow say that together wow back this up just a minute we're going to close i'll do part two next week so so listen thank you keep going back let's go to verse 44 Go back one more. Go back one more. (laughs) This is what happens when you don't have your Bible right in front of you. Back to 41. I'm looking for something. There it is. Then they took away the stone. So I'm going to say this as I conclude. Then they. Then they took away the stone. Randy and Debbie, I'm going to give glory for you. Thank you for all your help. Chris and Anne Marie, 
I just want to say thank you for your help. You're a blessing. Pastor Chris and Amber, thank you for your help. You're a blessing to me. And I want to give you glory for all that God has done. So I skip around here. Paul and Donna, thank you for coming every week, for being a blessing, for encouraging me. I want to give God the glory for you. Stephen Cass, Brian, Chris, Bob and Diana, Gary and Christy, Mike and Amanda, Matt and Amy, Chris and Jody, Alice, I could just keep going, Ron and Lucinda, Victoria, Jake, my lovely wife. I want to give God the glory because you see, I couldn't do anything without those people that help us to move the kingdom because it takes all of us, the multitude, the community, the call-out assembly to do the work that is called of not just this pastor, but all of us together. So it wasn't Martha and Mary that moved the stone. It said that they believed that there was a group of people. That's plural. It means they rallied around one another. Do you know those that are around you? Have you encouraged them? We bust the move to get in the church. We bust the move to get out of the church. We don't understand how important it is to come in and just pour into the life of somebody. Because you know why? They have a boulder. They have a stone. They have something in their life that's hindering them from being as effective and successful for, with Christ and for Christ because of this boulder and this obstacle that's in the way. So I want you to know that today we're leaving... We're, yeah, uh-huh. We're leaving this church by moving that boulder and moving that stone and not giving place to something that's so heavy, that's so weighted, that's so uh, thick, and yet it hinders us from seeing the glory of God. Amen? And we need to experience that in our daily walk as we walk with Him. So stop blocking the miracles that are in your life. And understand that in that timeline, yes, things aren't going your way. Thank you, God. But we cry out to God and we get on our knees and we pray and we ask Him to do something in us that we cannot do in and of ourselves. Will you trust Him today to take away that stone? The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work. And to glorify your Father which is in heaven. You've been in darkness. You've been walking in darkness. You've been supping in darkness. You've been giving ground to Satan. You've been going to the, the great cathedral of Satan. And you have allowed him to control your thought process, your mind. And I'm here to tell you today, you no longer have to be in that cave any longer. You're no longer in prison. You can be free in Jesus' name. Amen? There is victory in Jesus. There is freedom in Jesus. 
You have to understand that when you say, move that stone, take away that stone. Listen, that means that that stone is moving. That means that you have belief that God is bigger than your ups and downs, that God is bigger than your problems, that God is bigger than your pornography, that God is bigger than your addiction, that God is bigger than the lies, that God is bigger than the financial hardship that you're in, that God is bigger than the family problems, that God is bigger than your, your alcoholism, that God is bigger than your adultery, that God is bigger than fornication, that God is bigger than your lack of because you feel like you're not enough, that God is bigger than all the things because with all things god says it is possible i will take care of it but you've got to believe in it amen let's rise to our feet this morning and as we rise to our feet say this with me move that stone and you take authority over it this week whatever you're going through whatever you've been experiencing in your life let it go when my wife came over here and prayed before service, she wasn't praying alone. She had the Holy Spirit with her. But she also had some that felt the need to come and to pray. You know what that means? That means it took a lot of people to move that stone out of her life, whatever God laid on her heart. And if you're dealing with the same thing, then you let go of that pride. You move that bowler that's in your life. Praise team can come on up. And you just got to allow God to, to move in you. Now, next week will be part two of this series because I got through the introduction today but I want you to know I know that's exactly what God wants for us does he get the glory does he get the honor does he get the praise for all that you do listening to a pastor this week as I was cleaning and I was very humbled because he said in there how big do you think you are or how small do you think you are are you so big that people look at you and think, wow, they're untouchable. I can't go to them. I can't work with them. Look at them. Or do you say, God, you're bigger than my ups and downs. I might be small in myself, but I'm big in you. And Father, I know, and even in my own life as I was talking to him, I said, I can't do new hope by myself. I need the community of believers. We need to be the blinking banner Amen. that says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Amen? Amen? Over and over and over and over. And we need to say, God, deliver me today. So whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, today's your day. Today's your day of victory. Don't you wait. I normally pray. But here's what I'm going to do. If you feel that the Lord has spoke to you today, do you believe the Lord spoke to you? Give me a wave. Amen. I'm going to ask you to do something. You can sit in your seat. You can go to the aisles. I'm going to ask you to do something. That was the Lord that spoke to you. So do you want him to help your unbelief and help you to believe? Then get out of your seat and you go to an altar and you say, God, here I am. I don't care if it's 30 seconds, if it's 5 seconds, if it's 15 seconds, if it's 1 minute, whatever it might be. I'm going to have you come. So why don't you just do that? Let's just come forward. And if you feel the Lord moving in your life and you feel that God has been doing this, you just get out of that seat. You just come. You can stand where you're at and I'm going to pray with you. We'll all just pray together. 
Just let the Holy Spirit move. Let go of your pride and just say, God, here I am. Move out of your seat. Let God move. Let him change your life. Let him move that stone. Let him take it away. Let him give you victory. Listen, church, we are in a revival. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Do you believe that God can do great and mighty things in your life? Amen. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to pray over you, and we're going to let God move in your life, and he's going to do some great and mighty things. Brother Jeff? The victory's yours, brother. Amen. Things are going to change in your life. Amen. I just feel like God told me to tell you that. And today, God is going to move in your life. Now, here's what else we're going to do. If you're in your seat and God didn't speak to you that way, I'm going to ask you to do something. Because we're a church of 1,500, I'm going to ask you if you'll just take right where you're at. Just put your hands up like this. Let's all just pray together. Even those that are out there. Because remember I said he didn't tell them to move the stone by themselves. He said let's do it together. So let's just, let's just give it to the Lord. Father, we come to you today, Lord. We are so grateful for your word. Father, we're grateful for your miracles. Father, we're grateful that we can put our faith and our trust in you. Father, today we're thankful for that bridge of faith and that bridge of hope. Lord, that has kept us... Uh, probably more in prison than we realize. And Father, you said in your word that not just singular but plural, it takes a community, a group of people, Lord. You want to work in and through your church. Father, we're about ready to embark upon the greatest prayer service that this church has ever seen. We're ready to embark upon the greatest Good Friday service that this church has ever seen. Father, we're ready to embark upon the greatest Easter week that we've ever seen. And Father, may we give you the glory and the praise for everything. Lord, move within the hearts and souls of your people. Father, right now, I pray that you will move that stone. Get it out of the way. Father, there are people that have come forward because maybe it's health. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's just in a spiritual walk with you. Father, increase their faith. Help them to believe. Father, I just want to say, as you said in the wilderness, get behind me, Satan, for thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And only him shalt thou serve Lord I know that the, the weapons of warfare Are not stronger than you are But Lord you are bigger and greater And stronger and more powerful You said that you will Deliver us in Jesus name And so Father today We thank you for this community and for this church God I pray for a special anointing Upon each and every person Father change us Mold us Lord deliver us today so those that have come, let's just say this as a church. Dear Jesus, this stronghold has been heavy. So in your powerful name, I give it to you. Take it away. Help me to run in victory. Don't allow this thing to block my victory for you. Father, today... I believe. I believe. I believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus, move that stone. Father, we claim it today and we give you the praise and glory for everything. In your holy, righteous, powerful name, through the blood of Jesus Christ, all God's people said, Amen. Amen.